The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Dharma Practice Day on equanimity. It was not designed as a training in equanimity to have the blowers go. But I, if, if it was necessary that that was part of the training, I hope you took advantage of it. <laughs> because the alternative it wouldn't have been so pretty. And I think that, you know, is one of the, I think, really important aspects of this mindfulness practice is that um, to see the challenges of our life as opportunities for our practice. So if something challenges us, arouses us, agitates us, irritates us, gets us caught up, attached. See, are those not working, the hearing system devices? Some of them are? Yours is working okay? That's working fine, okay. So, um, when things are, um, trouble us in this kind of various ways, that, you know, there's two routes you can take, maybe a number, one route is you can be an ostrich and put your head in the sand and try to ignore it. Or you can run away. Or you can be upset. Just let, you can maybe let it just kind of churn inside. Or you could attack and be angry. <clears throat> but I think if you're interested in the path of freedom, then the important direction to go is to look at yourself and look at your reactions and your response and, and, uh, and not leave the situation as a blaming the external world, but to see what is your contribution, what is your responsibility in it. And that's really, I think, you know, so it's a little bit too loud, I think. So can people hear okay? So um, anyway, so we have the leaf blowers on Friday mornings. We don't quite know when it's variable, when it's going to happen. And we try, I try to surf through it. Um, <clears throat> and um, I think my goal would be if, if we had, um, you know, is to maybe talk through it so you guys aren't <clears throat> do something more active. But they started at 9.30, exactly. <laughs> so I thought we would sit. Um, there was a beautiful, I, I think a really nice, profound uh, poster or notice on the board at the dining room at Spirit Rock many years ago, which I thought it was kind of significant. Maybe some people are irritated by it. But it said, uh, it was a note from the cooks. And the cook said, it is our job uh, to make the best food we possibly can. <clears throat> Um, or it's our practice to make the best food we possibly can. And when we don't, then it's your practice. <laughs> so I think what it meant was that they're trying their best. It's their intention to do the best possible that they can do. But they can't, you know, you, there's always going to be mistakes and problems. And, 
ways people fall short. But please know that this is our intention. And um, <clears throat> please practice with the difficulties that come up if the food is burnt, if the food is not quite right or it's not your liking. Um, then, um, you know, that's your practice to learn how to be equanimous, to be at peace with that, not caught by that, not reactive to it. And two reasons for that. One reason is that uh, it's better for our hearts, it's better for ourselves, for our minds, because when we get reactive, uh, we get agitated, and all the different things that can come with that. But um, the other th reason is important is that um, when we practice with our reactivity, when we learn not to be caught by it, when we learn maybe perhaps to put it down, then our relationships to other people uh, can be cleaner, can be more uh, transparent, can be more generous. And this aspect of our, how we are in relationship to other people is a really important area of our human life. And so this uh, year, <clears throat> the Dharma practice days are the topic of Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, the sublime abodes, <clears throat> which are four attitudes with which to regard other people, and yourself as well, if you'd like, but, um, but four ways of regarding, four attitudes to have, that are considered very important in Buddhism, to cultivate, to have, to use as a reference point. And, um, <clears throat> and they have a lot to do with our relationships. You know, Meditation, when we sit down and close our eyes, generally, like just following your breath, being mindful, there's not much relationship that goes on there. We're not actively involved with other people or thinking about them. And people who only think of Buddhism as being, you know, as inner meditation, quiet, become peaceful yourself, are missing, you know, half of Buddhism, at least, uh, which is the part of Buddhism that is, <clears throat> has to do with how we are in a relationship to other people. And I think that our relatedness to others is a really profound aspect of human life, for any human life. And understanding what that relatedness is, whatever, how we are in those relationships, um, trying to cultivate, <clears throat> you have trouble hearing out there? That's, a, that's probably, the, there's, there's a dead spot right where you're sitting. So you, if, I can always hear you on Wednesday night. Yeah, it depends. But if you back up either two feet or come in two feet, <clears throat> because, because you're underneath that speaker there. So that speaker right above you, if you go back two feet, you'll, you'll probably, probably if it's, it should be on. <clears throat> um, so, um, so this issue of the relatedness and, um, and so, that, so the Brahma Viharas have to do with this relatedness. And the first one is the, um, you know, is uh, loving kindness or goodwill and the basic friendliness towards others. And in cultivating this goodwill, the direction uh, that practice is going is to make uh, the practice, your goodwill, impartial. And what that means is that you have, you, you're able to have generous goodwill, generous sense of friendliness or loving kindness for any, you know, for anybody at all. <clears throat> but it's understood that we, all, many of us start off being partial. That we have the people, our friends, we have our family, we have people who we particularly like, where it's easy to have that goodwill. And, um, the, um, and that's fine. But then to, starting with that as a basis, 
the idea is to expand out beyond that uh, and have the goodwill you know, go out in all directions to all people, so it's impartial. So impartial doesn't mean that you become less interested in people, it means you take your interest, your friendliness, and, and make it kind of more universal. And when it becomes universal, when even the people who are your enemies are people you can have goodwill for, <clears throat> then your goodwill has become impartial. Or universal is the more kind of lofty way of talking about it, perhaps. But since the theme today is equanimity, I think it's nice to kind of point that even earlier in the practice of these Brahma-viharas, that there's this movement towards impartiality, this, uh, where we're not partial, you know, choosing one person over another, one kind of people over other, <clears throat> but we're trying to develop it. So the same thing exists for compassion. Compassion also uh, is a pra- the practice that we're cultivating our desire and wish for people to alleviate their suffering, to end their suffering. And that also is meant to become uh, impartial or universal in that we have the capacity to uh, <clears throat> be concerned and care for the suffering of anyone, including our enemy, including people who are not part of our group, whatever that is, but that our heart is open. And then same thing with a sympathetic joy or appreciative joy, that the, the attitude becomes universal or becomes impartial. And one of the qualities of this impartiality or this universality is that the heart, the mind, um, is open or is unrestricted or is unbiased. And the movement of bias, the movement of restriction, the movement of selectivity <coughs> is a limiting, limits the heart, limits us in some way. And the movement of, of becoming universal or impartial is partly meant for our own sake so that we're not restricted, we're not limited. So we can live in a way that we're just open, transparent, luminous, kind of just there and present uh, more often than not. So then we come to the theme of today and the next last Brahma-vihara practice day, which will be about a month. And that is the topic of equanimity. And equanimity um, is considered the crown jewel of Buddhist attitudes and emotions and states. It's one of the most beautiful ones. And it's understood in Buddhism that there are many different kinds of equanimity. So when people talk about equanimity in Buddhism, you have to listen to them and see which kind are they talking about. And uh, we're not going to go into all the different kinds, but the two two primary ones are um, uh, a non-reactivity of the mind, where the mind is balanced or strong or centered or peaceful or calm in such a way that no matter what arises and happens around you, that uh, you don't get caught by it or reactive to it. You don't get uh, angry or you don't get sad or depressed or elated, deflated um, by what goes on. And uh, the, the classic example of the kind of things that we can get reactive to or the kind of, is what's called the um, eight worldly winds. And so these are things that people, the winds of the world, these are things that happen in the world. People do these things, these things happen in their life. life and, um, and we can get pushed around by them, or we can be balanced, we can be stable like a big solid mountain and just let the wind blow by, but we're not moved by it. So the first of these worldly winds is praise and blame. So, um, you, know, uh, uh, I, you know, the Buddhist teachings at least says that um, no one is not gonna be praised or blamed sometime. 
and there's a great there's a great quote in Dhammapada where it says, um, "They'll criticize you if you talk too much. They'll criticize you if you talk too little, and they'll criticize you if you talk kind of middling." And um, so there's no hope <laughs> for not being criticized. So if you spend your whole life trying to adjust and arrange your life and, and people around you so that no one criticizes you, or defending yourself from being criticized or running away from criticism, um, you're going to be, you know, always going to be at the whims of these winds, that wind of... Uh, so, and same thing with praise, some people. So, <clears throat> so um, how to stay balanced or equanimous, unreactive to praise and blame? Some people say, well, what's wrong with praise? <laughs> and um, it's not good. Praise can certainly be good and something we can appreciate and warms our hearts. And, and it's so easy for it to be a setup for suffering, for conceit, for arrogance, for expectations. So how to stay equanimous? So, so the, first of the, eight, the first two of the eight worldly wins is praise and blame. The next is uh, success and failure. Nothing wrong with success. Maybe, not, maybe nothing wrong with failure at times. But, um, but how, you know, how, do, how does that impact us? Do we get riled by it? And uh, caught by it? Overly excited by it? Um, do, do we get attached? Or is there a healthy way of appreciating success? Is there a healthy way of <clears throat> learning from failure, having some regrets and failure perhaps, but where we still stay balanced and centered? We, we don't get closed, we don't get restricted, we don't get upset um, by it. And then the next pair is uh, pleasure and pain. Sooner or later you'll experience some pain. And uh, sometimes it's sooner. And, uh, some, and sooner or later you'll experience some pleasure. And um, <clears throat> so how do you live in relationship to pleasure and pain? Is it something that you're balanced and equanimous about? Is it something you're non-reactive to? Or are you a slave of pleasure and pain? Does that really kind of drive what you want and how you see your life and what you need to do? And every time there's, there's, you're uncomfortable, you, you know, you're, you're pushed around by that wind. So, um, and then the last pair of the eight worldly... Um, Wins is a little bit like praise and blame, but um, but it's meant to be different. Uh, fame and ill repute. So this is where your reputation in the world. So you have you know your reputation is you know if you're gotten famous for something, or you have ill repute, you're infamous. And um, and so how do you get caught by that? Do you get caught by that? And, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with fame but it's a setup for, to lose your equanimity. And usually people only notice that when the, when the fame goes away. And they're like, oh, I guess I wasn't so balanced about how I held it. So, um, <clears throat> so that's one whole side of equanimity is the side of uh, developing a mind which is not reactive, doesn't get caught. Not for the sake of being someone who's you know, not engaged in the world or involved in the world or they are present for the world, um, but so, so that we can be, be present, so we can be receptive, so we can be calm or peaceful or balanced. Or, so the best of us, so who we are, can come forward. Because as soon as we get restricted, as soon as we get caught, the best of who we are doesn't get a chance to come forward so well. 
The other major kind of equanimity is that of the Brahma-vihara, which is specifically a kind of attitude towards other people, being equanimous towards other people. But if you just say, be equanimous towards people, it might miss the idea that uh, this, is a, um, uh, this, this is an attitude of caring, or it's an attitude of connectedness or relatedness with others. It's said that the near enemy of this equanimity Brahma-vihara is indifference. So you can think you're being you know, equanimous, you're not caught in the relationship with other people, but really you're indifferent, that's why you're not caught. And that's not, you know, that's not the equanimity we're talking about. Because it's built on the other three, it's built on loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, um, I like to think of this equanimity as, um, uh, um, as a form of love. <clears throat> so the love is there, the caring is there for other people, but, um, but the caring, in the caring, in the love, we're not caught by the winds, we're not pushed around. Uh, we don't close down, we don't get reactive. And so, how to do that, how to stay in relationship in this very profound aspect of our life, our interrelatedness, our relatedness, our relationships, how to be involved with them in a caring way, so the goodwill, the kindness, the love, the compassion is there, and how to do it, and, uh, and how to have it informed or supported by a healthy understanding of what equanimity is, and equanimity practice is part of the task for these these next couple of days of our Dharma practice days. For those of you who are new to these Dharma practice days, they are meant to uh, be a form of community practice. So the whole idea of relatedness is you know, built into it. Uh, you're not going to sit here the whole day uh, with your eyes closed, looking inside. Uh, so um, that we do that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> We're one day sitting tomorrow, but um, you know we did some meditation. We sat for half an hour, and uh, I'll do some teaching, um, and we'll have some discussion. And you'll you'll have chance to break into small groups and different ways of being together here, so that um, you can engage in the material, because I think that the material, the content, the the, the themes that we're exploring. <coughs> will touch you much more deeply, will penetrate more deeply, will explore yourself more deeply if you're actively engaged in it rather than passively engaged just listening. So we do this kind of thing. So that's the, the plan for today um, to explore this. And um, some of this, uh, you know, will build from t- this time to the next class meeting and there's a particular meditation practice, a meditation practice on equanimity it's a, as a Brahma-vihara. I, don't, I wasn't planning on getting it to, to, to today, so that, um, just like for last time, we didn't do the meditation until the second class, so we'll do that more next time. Um, but today I want to just explore the topic of equanimity and your relationship to it. So, um, Smita is the manager for today. So if you have any questions about being here, a building, something, you can uh, check with her. I thought that uh, maybe now is a good time to take a short break. And I would like to propose that we take this first break in silence. Because when we come back, I'd like to do another meditation. <laughs>